Welcome to episode 0.009264444 of the Behind the Geeks uh, show. I am joined by Pete Madison and Scott Riley, and we are missing Richard Tubb this evening because he has had some uh, dental surgery and is in recovery mode from it at the moment. And so he's off in recovery and we wish him all the best, uh, which is a shame because we would have loved to have him on to talk about video marketing for MSPs, which is our topic for the week. And uh, you might see us all up here with our fancy looking doodads in our backgrounds and our lighting <laughs> and our nice looking cameras and, and all of this techie geeky stuff like and Scott, beautiful bloody nerd light up there. And, um, and all of this stuff that we've got and think, is this stuff do anything? Does it work? Or is it just a bunch of geeks playing with technology and not getting anything out of it? And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about is video marketing and is video in general worthwhile for MSPs to dive into? We'll dive into a little bit of the how. We'll dive into a little bit of where you can use it and how to use it, as well as some confidence conversations. And we're just going to have a general topic, a general conversation and chit-chat about uh, how it's worked for us, how we use it, and uh, and we'll flow from there. We may, 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 may have a, a special guest join us somewhere through this program. We're not quite sure yet. Um, I, I won't give away who it is in case they don't join, but they, there may be a special guest joining us some way partway through here. Uh, and if I happen to drop off partway through this particular one, it's because I've got a <laughs> raging thunderstorm above my head at the moment and I can hear lightning cracking all around. Um, so let's get the show on the road. Mr. Pete Mathers and I am going to start with you because you are the video marketing god of the MSP world. Everybody has seen out there, <laughs> we all, all bow down to, to Pete, who we has do. been doing this for longer than any of us and uh, has got results via it and, uh, and helped grow his MSP really well by using video marketing and it's got a, a, a channel a couple of channels now i believe on youtube that uh, i believe you're into the millions of views now across your your youtube videos um yeah i've um it, it's been quite scary actually so with the last year i think i hit like a million views on the channel and then i went from a million to two million within like a few months after that hey. it just scaled wow. really really quickly um but i i think a good question to start on is going to be i guess the first main one of does video marketing work and <laughs> I think the the perfect person to ask actually is Scott because I remember we had a discussion about was it your blog posts you had a, like a blog writing service and then we you did. made some yeah, videos. Yeah. Do you want know, to just talk about yeah. when you first started out because you've got more a lot more recent experience than mine's like a couple of years two three years old or so. <laughs> yeah, sure. So we we have been doing like YouTube video marketing and LinkedIn video marketing for just over twelve months. Like literally the back end of November would be twelve months. Um, and before that, what we were doing was we had an outsourced uh, marketing team. Um, and they were writing blogs and um, you know social media posts for us, and so we would pay for them as a service. They were an, uh, an IT MSP specific service, uh, and the whole idea was, you know, we we get the idea that consistency is important. Putting your message out there is important. So we thought, hey, if we can you know attack LinkedIn, if we can put stuff on our website that'll help grow SEO and all those kind of things. And we're just looking at that as a holistic view, thinking, hey, that would be great. But we'd been doing that for you know, at least six or seven months and like nothing was happening. There was no traction. There was no interest. The posts on LinkedIn weren't getting any, any views at all really, or any responses. Um, and I think, you know, as I look back at it now, I put the whole thing down to it. Just, it wasn't us. It wasn't our message. It wasn't authentic to us. And no matter how many times we could say to those guys, look, I love the, the stuff that you're doing, but could you put a bit of flavor into it or a bit of personality into it and just make it, you know, feel a bit more interesting. Well, I guess all of that stuff is uniquely us, and that is just—it just wasn't coming across in the in the in the word in the written words. I guess um, we started so uh, like the videos seriously when we started working with you actually as a coach. So that was like I say it was twelve months ago. It was November, um, and like the, the response has been phenomenal. It's been absolutely phenomenal in terms of actual leads where I can point at a video and say that video made us or, or brought in a 50,000 pound order, that one video there. Um, and it's not even a good video. It's not even, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's not well shot. It doesn't have a good camera. It hasn't got good sound. It isn't well edited. Um, it is not like by all this beautiful aesthetics with all this lighting that I have around me, it is not a good video technically, <laughs> but the content in there was enough that someone said, hey, I see you. I see that you guys know this stuff really well. You know it better than we do. Can you help us with this project, please? And then they contacted us on LinkedIn because they saw that video. 
Boom. Marketing attribution at play. As as we all know in the marketing space, marketing is all good and well um, going out and doing all this stuff, SEO, whatever it happens to be. But you need to be making sure that you've got attribution tied to your marketing so that you know that every dollar or every minute that you go and spend in your marketing is going to or what what it's going to do, whether it's going to come back in a return for you. And Scott there has just hit the nail on the head showing that he has got however many tens of thousands of pounds or whatever it happens to be to his top line and and probably probably that amount to the bottom line when you include all the other projects in there um, attributable to his video marketing approach. And, uh, and that's what it's all about. Um, Pete, I'd, I'd like to say, actually, you know, that, that 50 K that we brought in, if, yeah, I, if I look at that one 50K video we brought in from one video that paid for an entire year's salary of our digital marketing apprentice, because we have apprentices in the UK. So we have a digital marketing apprentice. So that paid for her entire salary. It paid for an entire year's worth of coaching and mentoring and help and advice that we, you know, we worked with Pete on. It paid for all of the equipment that we bought. It paid for everything and still put money back in the bank. So it kind of spurred us on to go, hey, this stuff works. Now, that view hasn't. That video hasn't got millions of views or anything like that. As I looked at it just now, it's had five thousand views, and it is how old? It's very, very old now. It's, it is ten months old. Right. So we put it out like two months after we started working with Pete. Um, so about January last year, and sometime in that process, when it had a couple of hundred views, someone picked up the phone to us. So we're not chasing down the leads. We're not hunting after them. That that is video marketing at work, right? We've made some content, we put it out there, and I've got to be honest, someone phoned up last month because they watched the same video, which still is not a good video, and said, hey, you guys really understand this stuff. Can you help me with this project? Yeah, I'd love to. So that that thing just keeps paying off, and it's that evergreen you know, nature of it that is really, really powerful now. That's one thing I love about like the whole MSP video marketing side of things is it's so easy to get carried away with. You need the views, you need the subscribers, you need to get the metrics and the stats, the things that make you feel good. But actually, if you think about yourself when you go to like networking events and maybe you're like in a BNI meeting, you stood in a room full of 20 to 50 people if you're allowed to, you know, social distancing nowadays, what have you. But that's a room full of 50 people. If you have a YouTube channel, and you try and get your clients and prospects and everything to subscribe and view and those kind of things, you can very, very easily in comparison, get to a much wider audience much quicker. So the fact that in our early days, we had like 100 or 200 subscribers and views and things on our channel, that's a way more than we'd have in any one room we were out in a networking meeting. Um, and those people that are subscribed to you, are actually interested in what you're doing. It's not like you're talking in a networking room full of people that half them, probably majority of them, don't care what, what you do. Mm. So actually the people that are following you, they are kind of following you on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitter, or whatever it is, they're all interested in what you're doing. So they will watch, they will listen, they will kind of digest everything. That's the, the absolute beauty with video marketing is I would undoubtedly put more effort into producing a video that I know will get seen by more people that are interested in what I do than perhaps go to the networking events. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't do the networking stuff because that's you know still equally important. It's still good to like di diversify your marketing. But it just makes sense to me that why wouldn't you do this? Because actually, if I could focus on growing this one thing that no one else is really focusing on, no, no one, the, the bar for videos is, I say it every time I talk about video, it's still so low in the, yep. the MSB world. Yep. There is no bar. Yep. So if you can just focus a bit of energy um, on getting that working, then it can be so, so good for you. And, and exactly like you said, it's like, to get some something like that turn out of the first video or one of the first videos, that's insane. Like it took me, yeah. I think six months um, to come out with a, a first like profit based video that we are well, okay. We've actually sold something off the back of a video. Good morning, yeah. Tom. Good morning, Tom. He's sorting out his audio by the looks of things. We, we do have a special <laughs> guest in here. I don't know if he can hear us yet though. <laughs> But, but yeah, that, that's one of the well, reasons why I absolutely love doing the, the video side of things is that it's it's such an underutilized um, bit of marketing that if you can just get started with it, I mean, Tom's uh, probably the uh, the OG video guy from from the MSP space. Uh, we're all kind of, of ten years behind him. <laughs> <laughs> We've just got a, a what in the comments as Tom turned up. So welcome, Tom. This is actually the first time Tom and I have been on a call together as well. So hello. Uh, Hello. Yeah, it took me a second. For some reason, it decided to mute the site. So I was like, I don't hear you, which is weird. I know my sound's not off. 
So, Tom, you are joining us. At, it, it was 4 a.m. then, was it? <laughs> it is. I, yeah, I, we, we, we wow. debated because time zones are complicated. I'm like, I don't think it's 4 a.m., but maybe I do wake up that early. I don't think about when I wake up, and I'm like, yeah, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> we were discussing this before. I'm assuming you don't go to bed. So I go to bed at like 1 a.m. I could not do 4 a.m. I mean, you oh, must well, I think the size of his coffee mug explains why he does 4 a.m., <laughs> how he gets past. <laughs> So, so we're just yeah. we're just having a bit of an intro into into like why getting started with video. Actually, I'd, I'd love to know. Obviously, Tom, I'm sure a lot of the viewers that are watching already know you. Um, perhaps just a bit of an intro on how, how you got started, because for me, it was following the footsteps of lots of other people that were on there. But you were way before that. What what got you into starting doing video on the channel? You know, the big thing for me was uh, I've been public speaking for years, long before I did. Uh, you know, it's part of my business, um, public speaking, but it's also because I'm involved in the hacking community, involved in the uh, just open source community. So a Linux conference is somewhere you might have found me quite a few times or different hacking events. So getting up on stage always been a comfortable spot for me. And one of the times it was uh, I was doing a firewall talk about security, firewall, open source, and there was not enough room in the place, you know, like how you do those conferences and there's like so many people sign up and they're like, you know, a bunch of people start asking, well, is this on YouTube? And I'm like, it seems like I'm smart enough to do that. And this is like 2015. So some of my earliest videos are just firewall videos of one of those aha moments that, well, I guess a bunch of people want to hear me talk about firewalls in person. Maybe they'd watch it on YouTube. There's clearly a demand for that. So uh, it just kind of evolved out of that. The other thing kind of, you know, you always start looking like, should I do this? Would there be any audience? Um I, I think all of us working in tech have seen the same thing. You look for some really detailed thing you're trying to do, some some type of task. And if you don't find it on Stack Exchange, you'll find someone with notepad and YouTube and really terrible music that they've just played in the background. <laughs> and they, they tab between whatever that task is, typing something and then tabbing back to notepad. And you're like, that has 40,000 views. There's a demand <laughs> to put some knowledge out there. So I said... I know how to do these things and people want to know and I love open source. So that's where the it started. And then after that, I just threw spaghetti at the wall and realized that I'm not good at a lot of other things that are on my channel. I left it on there. It's cringeworthy for those of you that are bored and want to see something with 30 views and give it 31 views and go, huh? This is why it still has 30 views. So, so you already had a bit of a jump start with the public speaking kind of experience. You, you were already confident and you know comfortable on, on camera, I guess. Or was there a bit of awkwardness with the whole kind of, looking at this weird thing and talking to nobody. You know, it wasn't an uncomfortableness with it um, on camera. Cause like you said, the public speaking thing, I, it was never something that bothered me. I just did jump up and do it. Uh, I, I, but I do have plenty of other anxiety, social awkwardness, because if you put me uh, in a crowd, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to engage with it. Like a conversation wise, sometimes it can be hard unless it's very topic driven. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm, I'm in good company then. Like this is topic driven. You ask me a question. I know something about if you, if you'd ask me something else, I would go, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to drink coffee. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, still figuring out a little bit about what you want to say and say it in a more articulate manner and not turn it into a session like, I don't know, it's going to talk for two hours. Uh, that's taken a lot of time to get it right. Um, I don't worry too much because I, I, you know, having you, you end up with this confidence that came with me from saying, okay, if that many people want to see me talk about something, they probably will see me talk about it on the internet. So at least I had that going for me. It still didn't get, you know, so with the exception of the firewall videos, some of the other stuff didn't get a lot of views. Uh, but it just kind of, to me, was that easy reinforcement, uh, you know, being a numbers person, right? The views tell me what they want to see, what they don't want to see. How do I change it? What was good? What was bad? Uh, and just keep pushing forward from there. Nigel, how did you get started with confidence? Because you had a bit of a different uh, start, I guess, to your, your I did. journey. I had never been on a stage in my life when I, when I did my first video. And I was the, the most introverted, shy nerd that you'd ever met in your life as well. And, uh, and put me in a room of, of other people. And I would, I would absolutely be the guy in the corner, facing the corner. Uh, so that I didn't have to speak to anybody. And so my video journey was not like Tom's where I, I kind of translated previous confidence up into in front of a camera. It was more that, that I, um, I was running my MSP at the time and I, I came across this guy out here in Australia, a guy called James Shramko, who was in the marketing world and he's a great marketer. And, um, and I saw him doing these little three, four, five minute videos about little hot topics. And 
something just like deep inside me, like well beyond my ego and everything just resonated with that. And I went, holy crap, like imagine being so confident that you can get in front of a camera and be able to get a video, like a message across to someone. And so I thought I've, I've got to figure this out in some way, shape or form. Um, that started this horrible, horrible, crazy, scary journey of me getting in front of a camera and creating videos. And, uh, and I, I strictly remember my first one. It was actually a welcome video to a, a product that I had back in my MSP days. And, and I recorded this video. I sat at my desk one evening at my office and recorded this video. Uh, I'm going to say it was 45 times and it was a 60 second video. I recorded it 45 times. This was my first foray into trying to create a video. And, um, and I had a bottle of scotch on my desk. I think after video about 20, the scotch came out. And, um, and I, I literally, I'll, I'll be honest, I was in tears. I had tears streaming down my face just going, why can't I do this and why can other people do it? And, um, and it took me a little bit of time to get past that, that and, uh, and get to the point where I did feel a little bit more comfortable on camera. But um, it was a... It was a journey. It was a journey and a half. And I am so darned glad that I, I had the pig-headedness to push through and come out the other side because being comfortable in front of a camera and talking and being able to get a message across to people in this leveraged one-to-many format has been one of the superpowers that I've had in my business since then. And not only in my current business, the Tech Tribe, but also in my MSP. We started to use video, I won't say heavily, not as heavily as you, Pete, and you, Scott, but we started to use it even in client interactions just when i was replying to an email i would do it via video instead of via text and just started off with those kind of basic interactions just to get my confidence up and and so that journey for me in confidence in front of a camera was a long one uh but a, a oh so worth it one and a very rewarding one and um and one of the biggest things that i did with my journey to that really 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 helped me um get that confidence up really quickly was in the, when I first started the Tech Tribe, we, um, I, I set the system up so that it, it asked me to go and create a welcome video for every single person that joined us, like a personalized welcome video. Someone joined the Tech Tribe and I go and created a video. And the first videos were like, I literally had a script in front of me that I was reading out of this script and it was like, it was cringeworthy. You'd look at it, you'd, you'd cry. And I, I probably did cry a few times. It was horrible. Um, but what happened is after... 50 to 100 of them, I started to, to just be able to say it without the script. And then after another 100, I started to get comfortable enough to play on the camera and to have a bit of personality on the camera. And then once I did 2,000 of them, I was very, very comfortable in front of a camera. And I got and it didn't take 2,000. It probably took maybe 100 or 200 of these little one, two-minute videos in a one-on-one -on -one scenario just to one other person to build up that confidence, which is really only a couple of hundred minutes. It's not very long because each video is only one or two minutes. But that really, really helped me. So if anybody's watching this and they really want to get into this video game and they feel like they've got this underlying desire to go and try it, but they're lacking the confidence, one of the best things that worked for me was that just that repetition of short, sharp, quick videos to people that are just one-on-one -on -one that you know. It might be video reply emails or it might just be welcome videos to, to new clients or new people at clients or something like that just to get your confidence up, to get you to the point where you then might go, okay, now it's time to tackle YouTube. Now it's time to go and play the big games and jump in with Pete and Scott and Tom and, and go and build a, a YouTube presence up here. But, but for me, it was starting with those basic steps first before I could get to that. I, I, th I think that for me with the whole camera confidence kind of thing, it was because everyone's kind of journey is different on the whole kind of getting comfortable in front of camera. And mine was just two things, really. It was... I can see how like the potential of what video can do. Obviously, you've got channels like Tom's. You've got all the other YouTubers out there with like million views and million subscribers <laughs> and those kind of things. So you can see where the, the trajectory goes. And then it was that no one else really in the IT space was really doing it. Um, and if I can just get over myself, then I can just jump ahead of everyone else and start doing this thing. And hopefully that would, you know, trajectory would go, would go up. Those were the only two things. I hated being on camera. I don't do public speaking whatsoever. It's something else I want to try and get get used to, although the last two years has caused a few problems with that. Um, but it's if I can just get over that, and I, I have now, I, I feel very comfortable in front of a camera. It's, if someone else is in the room, I'm not. I hate that. <laughs> I cannot say a single thing if someone else is in the room. But me on my own, I close the door, got blinds on it, it's fine. Um, and, and that was it for me. Like if, if yeah, if I can get over myself and just do it, then that's that's the main thing. Um, be interested to know what Scott's um, just we run around the room. What what did you kind of kind of get going with the video, Scott, with your confidence? So I guess I mean I'm I'm pretty similar to to what we talked about before. I think I'm very very introverted personally, and so if you put me in a crowded room full of people or like those business networking events, I hate those. Stand up and give an elevator pitch about yourself. No thanks. I'll just be uh, I'll be over here getting a coffee. I'm just going to talk to. Uh, 
Margaret about handbags. I don't know. Um, I hate it. I hate trying to engage with people that I don't know in 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 those kind of forced environments, or or even just like socially. I'm just I'm a terrible, terrible social person. But you put me on a stage or on a camera, and I found that I can just happily talk, and I can find tons of energy to do this and be really excited about the whole thing. Um, and I love it. I genuinely love like this ability to give back in such a great you know format. But yeah, one on like one to many in a room. I'm just uh, Mr. Introvert. I get my I get my energy by being by myself and just chilling out and relaxing. That's how I recharge, and then I find the energy to be with lots of people at the same time. Um, but I think confidence is a big thing that keeps coming up. I was chatting to someone yesterday about like, oh my god, how do you get YouTube confidence? Um, and it, I can see in the chat as well, like Ishmael saying, you know, the things that are stopping him is like confidence in front of the camera. He's shy on the camera, even though he's not like that in real life. And I think the other common thing that comes up is that people hate the sound of their own voice. Like whenever they hear it played back to them, they're like, oh, I hate the sound of my own voice. I hate the sound of my voice. But like we've done so many videos now and I've been on so many talks and, um, you know, podcasts and all kinds of things now that I'm just kind of used to it. This is my voice. I don't understand why I sound like this, but this is how I sound. I should sound like I'm from Liverpool, but I don't. And I don't understand why this this is how I am. Um, but. I think the, the consistency and the repetition that Nigel mentioned, like just you have to start. You've got to start somewhere. And it's not like you can – I mean, we, we see this now. Pete, Pete and I are on a, a course at the moment. Or he, you're actually master of a course, I think, that I'm on, which is a part-time YouTuber academy. Um, and there are so many people who paid like two and a half or $5,000, and it's now in week six. It's the last week of the course, and they have not made a single video. And their approach is, I'm going to throw money at this. I'm going to consume every piece of content and every piece of learning. And then I'm going to make a video. And I'm going to get all my tech not, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get all the excuses out the way. And then I'll make that perfect video. But they won't. The thing is, you have to just start. And you'll do it badly. And you'll do it wrong. Like my first setup, literally, I had an ironing board and like a couple of boxes and a laptop and like a Logitech <laughs> C920 camera. And, and no microphones. I'm just shouting at the camera, hi, this is Cloud Nexus. Um, but people watch that video and they engage with it and they liked us. And, and you know, you just get better. You learn things as you keep doing this stuff. But I think the confidence is something you just have to find by doing. There's no, there's no magic answer. It's not like you can imagine a room full of people naked. That would probably put you off, I think. <laughs> I, I want to address something Nigel said because I think it's <clears throat> incredibly important is doing some of those little welcome videos. Uh, it, it really does help build confidence. It's an easy way to get in front of the camera. There's less, you know, as Nigel said, he overthought it a little bit, but there's not as much you have to do to get those out there. Um, and I have an interesting story. So even as I started doing video, one of uh, my clients who's an insurance agency here, local, uh, local to the trade area, he copied me. He, he said, I'm going to copy some of the things you do. <clears throat> and he started doing more video. He took his company and quickly built an insurance agency and doubled his revenues to almost $6 million in about two years. And he accredits most of it with his little video thank yous. Anyone wow. who signs up and literally he did this on his phone. He took his phone, had a phone stand and he'd say, thank you for signing up with my insurance agency. You're the best. And that's it. I mean, like we're talking like five seconds of video started sending those out in little tips. And he flat out said, he goes, I just want to thank you. I just watched what you did and said, I could do that. And in he's was, he still never got around to starting a YouTube channel, but he does all this little bit of video. Thank yous. Mostly interacts on uh, Facebook where he picks up a lot of clients, but he even would do video replies to people asking questions in mm. forums and everyone just kind of knew him personally because of that. He would, he always, you know, lead with his name. Hey, so-and-so here. And I'm just here to uh, tell you, this is the best thing for your homeowners. Boom. And he'd explain some little concept in, 10 seconds like the shortest videos and that's all he did is sit there use his phone over and over again with a with on a stand boom and I, he told me he says he's he goes i hit six million now and i'm like wow he goes i was only at three million before i started the video thing and i'm like dude you only been doing it for a little while he's like yeah i can't, I can't believe how good it works that's what he said he goes and insurance is hard everyone everybody yeah. sells insurance here it's a commodity item so yeah. and the, the biggest thing i think out of that is that he's put a, a real face and a real personality to his product and so he's shown human through through his yes. what's known as typically an unsexy industry like insurance brokerage right like people yeah. look at that and go like i don't want to engage with it but when you get a nice bubbly friendly video from someone that that's going to make you sticky not maybe for life in there just with something as simple as just throwing a little bit of brand personality in there with a human element to it I think that's huge. That's awesome. Um, 
We've got. Two we have questions. that with IT, right? I was going to say we have that with IT. It's a it's a completely unsexy industry. It is, yes. Yeah, Unless you're like Marquez Brownlee. I mean, it's a completely unsexy industry. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's us and well, it's it, nerds and it's like nobody knows what we do. They're just mad when we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's two questions in here. Martin says, "Would you say that self-produced lower budget videos are more worthwhile than expensive polished content?" And so, Tom, I'm going to throw that across to you because you've you've done a lot of both, and you probably still do a lot of both in there and mix it up a little bit. What what's your thoughts on the the whole highly produced versus just throw your 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 camera out on your phone and record a quick video? Whenever someone asks me, a like, I want to get started in video, one of the first things I point him to is Casey Neistat, the huge YouTuber. Um, he's got a million videos, but more specifically, he has only one video titled Casey's Neistat's Guide to Filmmaking. <laughs> and uh, he talks about how he had an HBO special in the 90s. He's famous and he holds up a camera that you can get for, I don't know, like a hundred bucks. Uh, he really talks about, and I agree wholeheartedly with this, if you start with a narrower amount of equipment, uh, what you can afford or don't overspend and a problem is especially for successful in it we have money to go buy gadgets <laughs> and can overthink it um but if you work within the constraints of you know a li more limited amount you'll you'll be focused on your craft as opposed to the tool so a lot of mine same thing i literally have some to this day really popular videos with a lot of views that are done on a c920 um and i still could do some more on that it wasn't until i really built up before i started buying gadgets because they were efficiency buys not just glamour right. And once you, I wouldn't have known what to buy before. So I start with the C920. I'm like, you know, I, it'd be easier if I could do it this way or that way. But I didn't know that until I started seeing what content I was going to make that was popular. I, by the way, I have a few things I could probably sell if anyone wants to buy something <laughs> useful. Um, yeah, I, I have a few things I thought would be this or that. And it just wasn't really my thing. So I do recommend starting small, figuring out, focusing more on what you want to do. And then from there, you'll figure out your efficiencies or your gaps in efficiency and go, you know what? I need a switcher to be able to switch in real time because that saves me editing. Uh, so everything I've done has been more of an upgrade to that. Uh, and I, my studio camera is the one kind of expensive thing I did, but it's that was kind of a combination. I do like the little soft focus things it does and things like that. But it's also I burned up a camera because um, despite and I, I've reminded many people this in my videos, you are seeing the polished edition of this. I may have done this entire video four times. And yes, it's an hour video. That means I recorded it four times for one hour times oh, that this whole thing's been recorded before I decided I liked it. And I did burn up a camera just because having it on because I've put in a long day with a camera on and I, I burned up one of my, uh, in the earlies, it would have been one of those Canon, the ones you, I modified the firmware so it would stay on. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> Canon may have had a reason for not wanting to stay on for four hours. <laughs> uh, so, so I think the easy answer out of that is just start with what you have got. And and I, I did the exact opposite to you, Tom, which is the, the worst way. And I would never recommend anybody doing this is I went, I'm going to do video. So I'm going to go out and spend the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on all the equipment before I start my first video, not going the other way around and just picking up my phone and, and doing a little thing on it. And, then, and it came down to my confidence. I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to, to do something at a professional quality I wanted the professional quality to kind of offset me being bad on there on video. Whereas, um, whereas nowadays in, in retrospect, that was just a silly move. It was just, I should have just dived in and got that confidence up first and then figured out, as you say, what the gaps in efficiency are and just paid for, for things at that point in time. And so anybody that's on here looking to start now, pick up your phone and that's it. You've got enough. You've got a, such a powerful camera in your pocket and, you can do most things with it and um and and also the webcam that you got up here and and i we've mentioned it a few times on it but one of the easiest 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 ways that, that i think nearly every msp or every msp can do to get started is just email video replies to people using loom or um yeah. bonjoro or bomb bomb there's a bunch of great apps out there that you can use so that and, and what i love about video replies is um especially when you're talking to prospects or clients about sp maybe touchy subjects is that 
You can get your nuance across in the video far easier and far better than you can via text. People read an email in the mood that they're in, not the mood that you wrote the email in. And so they're going to read it. If they're in an angry mood, they're going to read your email to them angrily. If they're in a, a frustrated mood, they're going to read it as frustration. Whereas if you do that same thing as a quick two-minute video or whatever it is as a reply to them, it might be a contract thing or a thing about a quote or a proposal or whatever it happens to be, they're going to see your nuance. They're going to see you on the camera and see what mood you're in. And they're going to get the message in your mood, not in the mood that they're in. And, and I think it's such an easy, low barrier entry way to get started. You just need your webcam and your webcam's microphone literally to get started. It's, it's nothing hard. And it's, um, and it's a great way to start to build up that confidence. I had a slightly different approach for that. For, for, for getting started for me, I don't know if it's my personality, but I'm very much a, I'm going to buy something and because I've now spent money on buying something, I'm going to do something with it to make money and hopefully generate money. I did it literally. I started my business. I bought an iMac. I spent like 1,500 quid on an iMac. Well, now I'm going to, how can I like earn the money back for the iMac? I'm going to make some websites and it'll pay for itself. And like it kind of grew from there. So I already had like a Canon like 70D, I think it was, which is probably what Casey Neistat used, I think, actually. But I was, I, I had that. It was absolutely fine. It, it shot like 1080p. It's great. But I was like, no, I need to buy a 4K camera. I need to, if I can't start video, I need a 4K camera. So I went out, traded it all in, upgraded. And then I shot that. That's what made me shoot my first video. So well, I bought the kit now. So I now need to like do something with it and actually like shoot the video. You had the, the incentive. So I had the incentive there. But also then, because it was in the, when, when we started, it was in the age where LinkedIn was getting very popular with video. But it was lots of people sat in their cars on their phone being like, I'm on my way to a busy sales meeting. Oh, I'm so successful. And I just watched all that stuff and thought, okay, well, I want to do video, but not that style of video. I want to do it. You know, if, if we, and we kind of did it with everything, if we're going to do something, I want it to look good, look like premium. So we, we spent the money and it didn't, again, even though we spent the money, it didn't look great to start off with because we're still trying to learn how to light and sound and, you know, all those kind of things. Um, but our approach was very much, if we're going to do it, we're going to give a real good go at this. We're going to spend a bit of money. Um, and so we had our, our first videos were with a, you know, stupid 1500 pound camera with a thousand <laughs> pound lens on it. You know, that, all, all the silly things you shouldn't do, but it, it, yep. it gave me reason and purpose. If it gets to, you like, started, then it's like, you yeah. just got to figure out what's going to help get you started. And, and that that's an easy way to do it is have that bias of throwing a bunch of money in and needing to get the money back off it. Uh, for me, I'm, yeah. I'm the opposite in that, in that if I throw, sometimes the the purchase is enough to flick my, my dopamine switch enough to, to then go, okay, I've made the purchase. I actually don't need to do anything more with it now. So now I've, I've got to be, <laughs> very careful about that um, when I'm going out and buying things to make sure that I've got some sort of action tied in afterwards. Um, another question that's popped up in here from say. Damien is um, the question of topics. How do we decide what the heck do we do a video about? And um, that's one that... This is a really interesting one. I, I reckon if we ask each person in here which topics works well for them, and then it's going to tell a very telling story on how video can work. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So I'll run around, Scott. Top right. Do you, do you want to go first on what kind of videos do you make? Uh, so I, I make the videos I want to make for the channel, and then they don't perform. So then I make videos that the, the audience <laughs> wants to see. Um, I think that's probably the, the honest guilt factor of YouTube, isn't it? Um, so I, I will make videos about Microsoft three sixty five and Teams and great, you know, good AirPods for Teams and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I'll make one video, which is, oh man, isn't it really annoying that your you know, 200 pound AirPods don't work properly with Teams? Here's a fix. Boom, everybody wants to watch that video, but then nobody wants to subscribe because like the rest of the channel's got nothing to do with AirPods. Um, I'll make one video and go, you know, I saw, because I, I watch other channels, of course, and I'm like, oh look, they made a video about like backing up Windows 10 a couple of years ago, and it's a little bit out of date, but it's got like a million views. Maybe I could make a refresh version of that. And hey, that's really successful. You know, we don't sell backing up Windows 10. Or that's not really any of the services that we offer as a as a cloud provider. But it's still it's still really important, I think, because it, there's part of that that's giving back to the community, and I love that giving back side of things. So it's helpful. It is it is in the tech space. It is all about you know the kind of ecosystem that we're in. It is Microsoft, and I, I like to be Mister Microsoft. So that works. You know that works well in the theme. Uh, but sometimes I do find myself falling in a trap when I come to picking topics of going. That's a great video. No one's going to watch it. But <laughs> go back to our very very first point when we opened the call. That video that I think is a great topic that no one's going to watch. I need one person to watch it who finds it valuable. And then they, they've come and placed an order. And we, sorry, Tom, before you joined, we talked about one video that we made um, that no one really watched, but like 
two people who did watch it and one of those people watched it came and put a £50,000 order our way. And we were like, boom, that's that's video marketing. That, that worked. Um, and I just think sometimes we can get stuck in between what we want to make, what the business wants, because everything for me is it's, it's to advertise our business and what we do, but also what the audience wants, what we know will do well for the metrics. Say something nasty about the Surface Duo 2. Ha! Ah, everybody's on you. Everybody's watching that video and saying nasty things to you. Tom, do you want to go next? Because your content's again, we're similar to Scott's, but a, a lot more techie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the um, my general rule is try to be useful, whether that be in education or entertainment, be useful to the audience. Just trying to something like, would they find value in this? Uh, that's one of the things. And like, kind of like you said, a lot of the things I cover are not even services we provide. And it's just something that I think the audience would be interested in. It's tech related. that would be helpful for someone to know this or to learn this. Um, but the other side of it, what Scott said, sometimes it's not about the converting videos in terms of it, what's your conversion goal. Because you're only looking at the numbers and going, this doesn't get a lot of views. It may not, but this particular niche doesn't require a lot of views because, well, we landed a very large customer who yeah. said implicitly, I love this particular video. I'm like, really? You and only like 1,100 other people <laughs> seem to like that video. <laughs> and from YouTube numbers, that's a small number, 1,100 people. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, you know, you wouldn't almost like any large YouTuber wouldn't think of producing a video like that because it's got to have so many views, but it landed us a quite a, quite a lucrative deal. Um, but it is kind of a challenge figuring it out. And it's hard. It's really hard not to get caught up in the uh, chasing the algorithm going only I want to do things that get views. That's kind of a little bit it can lead you very off topic from an MSP side away from your business. I get you have to first decide what your goal is, is your goal just to get the most views. There are methodologies you can follow that will absolutely get you there. Are you an MSP who wants to educate people, bring forth some knowledge that people may find interesting? And is there a back end where you go, as long as people find me interesting and informative, they'll probably go, he probably can solve my other problems. That's the indirect marketing that can work very well for that. So it, it it's kind of a mix of both um, of which way you want to go. And as far as the thing I tell people to avoid, though, is someone was actually asking me, their, their goal is to convert on YouTube, but they got the most views on their ranty videos. I'm like, of course, everyone <laughs> loves to commiserate about how they hate something. I said, but they're, if you actually are trying to make money that way, you'll actually find that you don't attract an audience of people that will actually spend money. They just want to complain about products and post comments, real engaging, not real, not, they're not the most fruitful group of people to mm -hmm. cater to. That's one of the things I try to always avoid. And I've done them in the past. It, and I have just learned, don't do those. Don't just rant. Also, you seem like the ranty person who's just angry all the time. There are plenty <laughs> of those people on YouTube still. They're, don't don't need to join them. Be different, stand out, yeah, be educational. It, if you're really thinking from the big picture, that'll be a, a lot better, especially in, in the topic of MSP and marketing. Yeah, your, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Like if you're out there being a yeah, yes. uh, <laughs> ranter, then you're going to attract ranters, as simple as that. As much as I do like to go on an epic rant from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the topics for us, because we go, I think we're, I'm in the right order here in the loop. Yep. Um, topics for us um, in my MSP instance when we started doing video was, was very easy. It was just what are the, the questions people are asking us on the help desk? And we just started creating. And, and so our videos, we actually didn't do video marketing on YouTube back then. We just did video to existing clients and used it as an internal marketing tool. And, um, and it was just based on what are the things that people are asking us via help desk tickets. And it started off with me uh, me doing a couple of videos to as replies to people and then the team seeing how I did it and wanting to to kind of start the process as well. They were curious about diving onto videos. And and so someone would ask a question about how do I do something in Office 365 or whatever it might happen to be. And instead of writing up this big long thing or remotely taking over the computer or whatnot, the guys would simply just would bring up a, a loom or whatever it happened to be and record a quick video for the person. And and for us that that born like, like that started the whole process or for me of making sure that when you're creating videos it's just to solve a specific need that's already there like scott said i started off going oh, i'm going to create videos about all these cool ideas i've got in my head that i think people want to know about they all failed 100 of the time <laughs> the ones that worked were all people that, that answering questions that people actually had out there and and still goes to this day we still create videos to this day nearly every day inside the tech tribe just answering the questions that people are asking in there and, and I think, Pete, you, you probably do the same. You just go and you see where, because you're the last on the list here, mm -hmm. you see where the questions are being asked and what the hot topics are. And you just go and create towards that 
and just go from yeah, a... Arsenal's a bit of a mixture. We had the, they ask you answer, Marcus Sheridan. Yep. So find your customers' questions, answer them in video and blog and audio and all those kind of things. So that was like part of what we did. We also did some, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's like thought leadership, but it's it's more just sharing how we did things. Like here's what our staff behind did. Behind the scenes. Here. Yeah, all the behind the scenes stuff. Like yeah, here's, here's what it looks like. Here's how we treat our customers, our staff. Um, here's my thought process of why I'm doing what we're doing with the business. This is what the things we're trying just to kind of share that and, and, and share what we were, we were trying. And I think the, um, one of my staff's comments I go back to all the time is just, they, they said to me that you don't always get it right, but you at least try. So it's just sharing the stuff that you have like good intentions that you are trying different things. You're tweaking and testing and whatever it might be. And we just, we just shared that. And um, it, it just, it built the brand of the company before I knew what branding was. Um, yeah, we had like the logos and the colors and the, the, the templates and all those kind of things, but no one ever really, in one networking meeting we went to, someone came up and said, oh, I absolutely love the brand you've built. Love, love the branding, love everything you're doing. It's like, we've got a brand? Where? <laughs> what? How? Um, so it just it just happens. But, but I think that the thing to take from this, just running around the room very briefly, is we're all doing different things with the video and they all work in their own way. There is no real right or wrong thing to talk about within video. Um, yeah, like Tom said, if you want to chase the views, then there are certain things, and you look at the the analytics and the stats, and that will tell you where you want to make your videos. And and that's kind of where I've been pulled with my channel recently because I'm more of a I'm more of a YouTuber, I guess, with my my career direction. Um, but just focusing on the content for your clients and your prospects um, can be massive. You don't need the big views, you don't need tons of subscribers, mm. uh, but over time it, it definitely does grow. Um, and in terms of like mixing it into marketing strategy would be an interesting one to talk about next because for us video was very much one of many things we were doing um but i know tom was it about a, a year ago was it you you announced that you'd completely stopped all other aspects of marketing and just did the youtube channel yeah yeah it's been um that way now for a little while i mean we still do inbound processing of leads and but we're not doing the, any traditional marketing anymore. Uh, we still belong to local business organizations. We'll still show up at events because we do. But that's, especially with the pandemic, that's a very limited amount. I mean, there's not near the events there used to be. So now it's all inbound lead processing. Uh, and the only spend, if you will, is the YouTube channel, which is not actually a spend. It's actually an income. So that's a, it's, it's got marketing upside down as far as like budgeting. Cause you're like, uh, how much you spend on marketing? I'm like, uh, it brings in about this much. Like what? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But it, it I, I kind of did as an experiment. I quit chasing cause I didn't think they were, uh, all that effective. And it, this is just really hard to say, you know, I've always loved that saying, uh, half of my marketing budget's wasted. I just don't know which half. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's really how a lot of us feel. We throw everything out there as an MSP. It's really hard to get inbound leads. Everyone's like, build the best website, build an email list, but it's really figuring out exactly what truly converts. Cause uh, if you ask the customer, I, I don't know, I think I've seen your stuff enough places that I'm calling you now. Mm. It's, it's not as uh, concise as figuring out how they get it. And you're of course excited. They want to hear about your services. So you don't want to bore them with how they found you. You're like, what can we do to help? Cause you're here now. Um, but since turning everything off, it's it my the company's growth has been extremely fast this year. This last about year and a half has been really really good for us, uh, and it's just it's just YouTube right now. YouTube and going to events and having a process. I didn't think to sponsor myself for the first few years. I did YouTube. I said, you know what I can do. If you want to hear me and my company, you can hire us. Blah, blah, blah. I got a spiel I do. If anyone's listened to my videos, they've heard me say it a million times. So I'm not going <laughs> to say it here. But it's it's just saying in each video, if you want to hire us for a project, hire us. Cool. And move on to the video. So that's my intro was actually saying hire us. That's the big change I did that actually brought in a massive amount of leads. Yeah, and that's that's just having a call to action in every single bit of marketing material that you have going out there. And that's a that's one of Dan Kennedy, one of the, the world's most famous marketers, underlying rules is that every single marketing message that you have out there should have some form of CTA or call to action in it. And it doesn't have to be over the top salesy, slimy or anything. It's just a very, like you just said then, Tom, just a simple, if you do want to hire us for something else, go and find us here. But for now, here's the value that I'm going to go give you in this video. It's really that simple. It's not, it is. It's not something I did 
I should have thought about it sooner, but everything is iterations and improvements. But uh, yeah, it's actually worked out really well for us. It's uh, I still debate like I've had people tell me I'm leaving money on the table by not doing some of the other advertising. But I do watch. I, I still participate in peer groups and forums and everyone's question about marketing is, is this effective? And I've seen it even in the chat off to the side here, people asking, is this effective? Is that effective? And I don't know. I don't have a good answer for it. I just had someone cancel. They were telling me they canceled the contract where they were spending 10 grand a month on AdWords because they didn't think it was enough in there. I'm like, 10 grand a month is a lot. You should be able to get something out of that. And they go, we just don't feel it was doing that. And we spent that much for six months. We didn't do it one month and quit. We six months, 60 grand. And we just don't feel we got the inbound leads that we got from the more organic things that we do for our marketing. Okay. It's all about testing, right? It's all about like anything in marketing, especially in the early stages of marketing is going out. And as you said before, Tom, is throwing spaghetti against the wall, like just throwing mud against the wall and just figuring out what sticks, not only in like what marketing tactics work in your marketplace, but also what marketing tactics work for you. Because all of us are comfortable doing different things. And we're all talking about video because we love it and we're, we're big and hot on video. But for some MSPs out there, video is not going to be the marketing tactic that works for them, but it's worth a try to figure out whether it's something that you gel with and you, you like and it works in your your industry. But then once you do get to that point where you, you've tried a, a number of different things and you're starting to see some really great return from one or two of them, that's when you double down on those particular things and do what Tom does and go and wipe out everything else so that you can you can focus on what you you do know is working well and you do know that you're, you're good at and that you enjoy and that you can be consistent at. Because with anything in marketing, especially video, consistency is so darned important in there. And I think, I don't know about... I think I saw a graph from maybe you, Pete, recently that um, that showed the the rise of your YouTube channel. And I suspect Tom and Scott, you guys are probably similar in that there was, I think it was a year or two of just consistent pushing stuff out, but views were literally nearly nothing in there. Then it hit this certain inflection point where, where it just went and took off like crazy. And it was because of that consistency. And and I don't know, have any of you guys, you guys have all seen that kind of, that inflection point in yours, have you? Tom, you, you've probably seen it the biggest, I'm guessing, in there. It's that consistency that uh, figuring out, you know, what your niche is and just running with it. You yeah. talk to the wall a lot. You're talking to just right. uh, the, the darkness of the camera and you're hoping someone will watch it. But uh, once you kind of get over that, you're like, I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing a live stream every Thursday, which I've been doing for a long time now. I used to have like four people on there. I think one of them was my son. <laughs> and uh, now my live streams have quite a few people. I usually get 150 to 200, occasionally 300 people on there. It kind of varies at the time topic I'm covering, but I've been doing it every Thursday, whether someone showed up or not Thursdays, I am on there doing my live stream, yeah. uh, cranking out stuff. So that consistency is huge. I think something kind of you alluded to earlier too, Nigel, was you, you said people read emails in the mood they're in. There's only so much you can do with bold italics and punctuation <laughs> to convey nuance when you're getting someone. This is why in-person works so much. It's that nuance of your voice and the way you put inflections in it and the way you express things. That's why in-person is still to this day, one of the best marketing, but I'm now a global company. I can't fly to Europe for every client meeting. I mean, it'd be cool if I could, but it's not, I'm not that kind of guy yet. I'm hoping to get there one day, private jet, but anyways, that's goals. Um, but the fact that you can convey this level of expression, if you think about just the last 30 seconds of words, I said, putting that in writing would look boring. Tom yeah. wants a private jet. He stopped partway through the sentence and said, he's not that guy. Think about how I said it and you understood it. But how, if I were to write that, how many more words will go around it to the point where like, I'm not going to read this. Now you're seeing one of the values of video is just the nuance. Even if you're not someone who's going to try to be the YouTube star, communicating with your clients over the phone. The reason they do that, they like the nuance. Well, that's, that's a one-to-one -one problem. One-to-many is create some type of a uh, really simple video you send to your clients. You put the expression in there, put a smiley face on it, send it out. Now you've got something that conveys more expression in 15 seconds than they were able to read in that same amount of 15 seconds. Unless they're a speed reader, but even then, getting nuance in uh, that limited set space of bold italics and a few punctuation is hard. So <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work. I'm just going to try and. Yeah. Is that going to? Should there I, we go. This is the graphic oh, I always go back to. This, this isn't my own one. This is a guy I, I follow, Cody Wanner, who actually was one of the reasons I got into video. But it, it's that whole, what if you stop right there before like it explodes? It is a very long, consistent thing you have to do. And it, it gradually builds up. And then, yeah, you might make one video and that video just takes off and that kind of sets off your whole kind of journey. Um, that that's I've, I, I've got a similar kind of point in my, my channel where that happened to me. It's not quite as dramatic as that. <laughs> but... Um, 
it's that that's what always keeps bringing me back to uh, to you know just keep going basically consistency and that's why i think you should you should make your own content we talked earlier about like using what you have and you know just starting with what you have start from somewhere because in a previous MSP that I worked for, uh, because they used to like to put me on stage, they would also like to make videos for their YouTube channel, um, which was real early on. This is uh, five, six years ago, I guess, for them. Um, and they would hire in an external production company. So like a suite of guys would come in with cameras and lighting and green screens, and then they would film it all, and then they would go away. And four weeks later, they've post-produced it to an inch of its life, and they've put some really... Let's just go with cheesy corporate, you know, non-music music kind of stuff in the background of it. Dun, 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 dun. And then there's me doing the news. Hi, welcome to the news. Um, and it was horrendous. And like nobody wanted to watch it. Nobody wants to like be part of that. We would struggle to get people to take part in it. But it would cost thousands of pounds every single time to make one of those videos. And they kind of committed to making one a month. And I'm like, Okay, they did that for six months. Nobody watched them. They spent thousands of pounds and then they gave up. Now, if they'd have carried on doing that consistently, then they might have seen some change, maybe not in that particular format, but okay. Um, but for anyone who's on this call, what I would say is just start with what you have and you have to just keep at it. And you'll, you'll see that nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares. Oh, somebody, somebody cared about this video. Oh, it's the best feeling when somebody cared about that video that you made. It's even better when they get you on LinkedIn and go, hey, I saw that video and you know all this stuff really well. Can you please help me with my project? That's an even better feeling. But you don't get any of that if you don't start and you don't just keep going and just keep making those videos. Yeah, you're going to get like one or two views and, and you know, it's you and someone in the team. And when like, I've got a team of five, we put out a video and in the first two hours, it's had two views. I'm like, not even my own team. What's this? What's happening? <laughs> Come on guys. And I'm on teams guys, there's a video. And they're like, uh, we have clients. I'm like, yes, but I made a video. And that's more important. <laughs> and that's, that's one of those points though, is with the consistency is that every one of those videos that, that didn't get any views or didn't get any likes or didn't get any, anything on it is not a failure. It's just a lesson. It's just, a, and what it does yeah. is it helps you build your intuition about what does work and what doesn't work. And I'm sure Tom right now, like in the early years, you've, you've had obviously now incredible success with video, but in the early years, trying to pick the topics and trying to figure out what worked and what didn't would have just been hard for you. But nowadays I'm sure you don't think about it anymore. It's intuition to you. You can pretty much pick like that, whether a video is going to work or not, or whether a topic is going to work or not now. And, and it's based on all of those lessons that you learned along the way from videos that didn't get any numbers on them and didn't get any views on them and didn't get any feedback on them and didn't get any clients from them in there. So you got to you got to keep that consistency up, and I think Pete, you're probably exactly the same because you've been on this journey for longer than like you guys, you two guys have been on this journey for far longer than most of us, and um and every single one of those those videos that you put out that got nothing is just a lesson. That's all it is. It's not a failure. It's just a lesson, and it's going to build that internal uh, intuition around what does work and what doesn't work. Um, I've got a couple of questions for yep. um for, for Tom. Firstly, how did your staff react when you first started doing videos, and and how has it developed, and and that kind of whole interaction. And then secondary, just on the content uh, topic, because I know we, we chat before about your like business business talk was always kind of one that didn't really perform. And I, I noticed you tried something new, got Brett on there now, which I've, I've watched a few of those recently. I think they work really well. Would love to know your your kind of take on those two. So um, my staff is was skeptical about it. Tom just does whatever Tom's doing, and they just <laughs> kind of go. I go off. <clears throat> Some of my staff have been there for like 13 years and they're like, I don't know. He's always doing something. And uh, so I was for a little side note, I was actually a wedding photographer for a little while and I did a bunch of professional photography stuff. So they knew I just sometimes go off on tangents on things and like Tom's doing whatever he's doing. Uh, so they just thought it was another one of my hobbies. And uh, so they, they didn't put much thought into it uh, until I built the studio and they're like, oh, I guess he's serious. Um, but they serious. They don't like watch many of my videos, but now they're really happy because it brings in leads and uh, people send us stuff occasionally and they get to play a product. So they're, they're overall uh, happy about it. So that's, that's been well. Uh, the business videos, there's always that split I wanted to do. I mean, me and Peter talked about this uh, when a couple of con private conversations we had, you know, splitting your channel makes sense because niche channels grow faster because mm -hmm. people subscribe to you. It's specifically a YouTube thing because they want a piece of content. When you throw a lot of content out there, they don't want to subscribe because they only care about one thing you do. But 
the rabbit hole of splitting a channel becomes very hard to manage because there's so much more work that goes into it. I mean, I could create a channel for each individual product that I cover because I have an entire series of PF Sense videos or Synology videos or TrueNance videos. Those could each be a dedicated channel, but then getting the views on a series of channels is way more challenging because YouTube says, no, you're small. We're punishing you. We're burying your videos down to never, never land of views. So they're just going away. Um, so I decided to keep them all on one channel for now. It just seems the most logical. And then the business videos are me and Brett started doing it. We actually do not get near the views. Those barely break a thousand views uh, uh, most of the time, maybe 2000. But the engagement we get, the direct messages we get by posting that on LinkedIn from people make them worthwhile. They uh, People just... It's uh, Brett is in the background, a business consultant himself. That's what he was before he worked for me. So it brings in occasionally consulting work, uh, more business related, but it's amazing. It's just, it's compared to like a 400,000 views I get on PSN's videos. <laughs> it's, it's like, good. It's got like a thousand views, but yeah, we got three calls over that. Like yeah, three but people exactly. contacted us over this video. The, the views are the, the what are they called? The vanity metric out, metric out of the whole thing. Like, vanity, yeah. it, it comes down to yeah. whether you're getting the leads, the conversations, the engagement out of them. And that's really what it's about. You can, as Scott said, you can have two views out of a video, but if it leads to a client, then heck, that's freaking awesome, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, like me initially got scared off by getting consistent with videos because I wasn't getting the hundreds and thousands of views in there. Uh, not realizing that we operate in a really, really, really niche market. You're not going to get the hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of views in your videos. You, you just want to get a certain number of views that's going to give you those leads and clients in there and, and engagement in there, not not high view count in there. So I think it's stupidly important topic to make sure you don't get too caught up in the the vanity metric side of things in there and get caught up in the actual uh, real metric. Matter. I've I've had a couple of like YouTube coaches over the over still. I still have one now, and you look at over the stats and you're going, I know those are the stats, but if you add the revenue off of the individual videos, then actually that weighs a lot more weight onto the unpopular videos to make more <laughs> right. videos to yep. actually deliver the revenue. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, there was another last question in here from Ismail who says, could you rate the platforms for MSP marketing, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera? And I think that's kind of a loaded question because it's there is no perfect answer to it, but I'm wondering if any of you guys have seen any, um, any one platform, I don't know, probably Pete and, and Tom, you guys are very bullish on YouTube, but um, what do you guys feel about the other platforms in there? Is it a case of spray and pray as in you, once you create a video, you push it out to all platforms or do you focus on one and um, and is that YouTube to start off with or how do you guys folk make that decision? I, I was platforms? always really bad at the other platforms thing. I don't know about Tom, but I'd focus on YouTube because it lives forever on YouTube, much like Google search. Right. Um, I did also upload videos natively to the platforms like LinkedIn, because if you upload natively rather than just sharing YouTube, yep. it will like, yep. get a lot more views. Yep. It's better in the average. Um, but I'm I'm lazy. I, I should be doing <laughs> like TikTok, Instagram Reels. Like I should be doing all of that. I just don't have the time, or, or right. I just can't bother. Basically, <laughs> you, you got your results out of YouTube, so you decided to double down on that particular one. And yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Tom, were you the same? Is that have you tried yeah, any other I platforms do. out there at all, or? I, I reformat my content a little bit if I post yeah. it elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, provided the video is a little bit short, more concise, you'll get some engagement if you natively upload the yes. video to yeah. LinkedIn. I need to do better. That's one of my things I'm slowly working on. And I've debated about hiring someone to do some of the media, just cut up some of this and re-upload it to their Resyndication. Uh, yeah, resyndication. You definitely get a better business engagement um, with the LinkedIn, provided you've curated a good LinkedIn and not just put everyone who exists on LinkedIn. I've seen that strategy too. Or like, let me use everyone. I'm just going to just it'll connect with everybody for whatever reason. Uh, but if you do curate a good audience and uh, LinkedIn seems to be especially where the vi business videos, those I post all my videos there, but the business ones are where I at least get some comments, get some engagement right away. Um, those seem to work pretty well. Twitter's where I'm going to say Twitter's fun, but it's where I'm going to get engagement from, especially the technical hacking community. That's what my, that's a big circle of people I have on Twitter. So if you're targeting or wanting to engage that community, Twitter's really good for that. InfoSec Twitter hashtag, you, you'll find there's always security topics. And it's something that, you know, we have to kind of be thinking about on the back end. So I do uh, connect with a lot of security people there. It, if you look the other day, me and HD Moore had an engagement back and forth. And if you're not familiar with them, you might've heard of Metasploit 
template framework or his current okay. project rumble so he's uh, kind of a big deal on the internet but it's uh those where you'll find more engagement with those type of people they're always on twitter they matter of fact you may yeah. not find them on any other social platform uh, and facebook uh is my local community that's where even though i have a lot more people than just local facebook is where if there's a local business that's where i'm going to find them so i think about I, I post a lot less on facebook because i find it more of a time suck but there is better engagement with your local communities i still belong to local we have uh the area i'm referred to south of detroit is called down river because we're on the down part of the detroit river uh one of the groups has over a hundred thousand people if they ask about who does tech service my name still comes up because it's it's a pretty yeah, big group, active group, good admins on it. So I get tagged and things like that. And that's still how we pick up local businesses. They'll say, I'm looking for a local IT company to do this. We don't do any retail computer repair, We, but we answer that question because people assume we do with referrals to other local uh, computer repair places. But that, that local engagement or occasional, I've seen my videos posted there once in a while when I've talked about something that seems relevant. They're like, but he's, lo he's a local guy. And I'm like, that's always cool. But it, that's kind of my tiering of it, at least in my head of how it's been working for us. Yeah, yeah. Scott, what about you? Are you you're you're primarily on LinkedIn and YouTube? You're not doing any of your video stuff pushing to Facebook at the moment, are you? Or you are? We have done. We've we've pushed it out there previously, but I think yeah, like the, like the other guys have said, like Facebook and Twitter seem to be like those real secondary channels. And right. like if if it gets some repurposed content, because we have an in-house um, you know media person, we will sometimes if we make longer videos for YouTube that we think would do really well with the LinkedIn audience, we'll actually cut and make a trailer and say you know just do right. the intro or just you know, do a short version because you can only put so much on the platform yeah. upload it natively put the subtitles on so that it auto plays and people can read it without sound um, and then if they want to see the whole thing then they can get over to youtube and see it there but twitter i'd say is just such a negative space generally is if people use it for complaining now i actually think and i'm not smart enough to do this but someone is and someone listening to this is right People go on there and complain about computers and IT and tech service and the guys that they've currently got supported because it's a complaining forum. You've got 140 characters to moan the most you can do in 140 characters. Let's go. But if you're smart enough, you can search those your queries, you can look for those keywords in your local area posted within the last 24 hours, and you can start to look for clients <laughs> where they're ranting, oh, this printer never works. Oh, these computers, why doesn't Office 365 do what it's supposed to do? And you can go, hey, dude, can I... Can I help you with that? Is that is are you seriously having a repeating problem? But maybe we can help out. And I think there's a genuine opportunity there, but I guess I'm just not smart enough to figure out, you know, how to do that. But I'm sure people are. If you can, you know, set up a way to go and track those keywords, like you do with Google Trends. You can go and track those keywords, pull out in your local area in the last seven days or whatever. I think there's stuff to be done there. I think there's money to be made, but no, YouTube and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where we get our most engagement. And so we use YouTube as that platform to kind of just put a face to the business. I think that's what we've talked about a lot today is like just putting a real human face with a bit of personality to a tech company and letting everybody see who we are and what we do and how we do things and, and hopefully giving back value. But genuinely, I think we then capitalize on that with LinkedIn because we, we connect the two together and we try and make sure that we repeat those messages. Say, hey, you know, we just put out a great video about, I don't know, multi-factor authentication or, you know, easiest way to stop cyber attacks in your business, whatever. And then pull those two together and then, that genuinely works. Like I said, when we've put out those videos that nobody watched, but two people watched and one of them placed an order, cool. That's that's how that's working. That came through LinkedIn. Right. It's like the old Gary V methodology, right? Like he goes and creates one big piece of content and then he's got a team that, that pulls it into, I think it's something like, is it 85 pieces of content per day they pull out of one of his videos and they go and post <laughs> it in 85 different locations every single day. Um, and and I think it's a, like it's a smart strategy because it's all about like – a lot of marketing is about omnipresence and, and being seen in all of these different locations. And, and, and you can do what we've talked about here is start from one and maybe start getting some content up on YouTube or LinkedIn or whatever it happens to be, but then make sure or start to build a syndication team or whatever behind the scenes that then go and push it and repurpose it for all the other platforms out there to go and get that omnipresence out there and to, to architect those messages to work on those particular platforms. Like in LinkedIn, you've got that, is it a 10 minute limit? I think on videos on LinkedIn. I think so. Yeah. Have. Yeah. And so, so it's pretty easy to go and get someone to edit your chop and change your videos. Like we, we've just started doing it now on this, this show and this podcast, we'll have it going out to a few different platforms in, in multiple different ways. And there's, there's services out there that do it quite cheaply nowadays because that whole content syndication space has taken off. And, um, and you literally, you just then have to go and create the one, I think, um, 
Gary V, the crazy Gary V calls it um, his pillar content or whatever it is. And he goes and just spends that time doing the one piece of content. Then he's got that team that just goes and comes in behind him and just pulls it apart and sucks it apart and creates it into all different versions and uploads it everywhere to be, get that whole omni omnipresence that he's got. And I don't think we can all uh, love him or hate the guy. You, you can't, um, you can't say that he doesn't have that crazy omnipresence out there with his marketing because of that process that he's followed. Um, let's let's do one one more to finish off because yep. I know we've um, cool. almost at the end and over time. Speed. Question around um, helping out your competition because this comes up from time to time because when you're sharing your information about the things you're doing, particularly Tom, when you have your business talk um, and you're kind of sharing the inside workings and how you price jobs and all this kind of thing. How how do you feel about the whole comment of well I don't want to help my competitors out they they're just going to copy me and do the same thing I'm I'm so not worried about that I, I it's one of the myths I think is that you're if you if you actually think the people that are your competition one you find out sometimes they may be an ally or a partner there's one side of it uh, the other side too if I can tell you what I do and you can do it better than me I'm I'm definitely doing something wrong. <laughs> That's uh, actually, you know, one well, of those quotes I've always liked is ideas are easy. Ideas are cheap. Everybody has ideas. Execution is everything. Yeah. So I can tell you all the ideas and how I execute, but your actual execution of it um, there, it keeps me on my toes. I don't really think there's any secrets and I don't like the concept that there's secrets. To me, people who don't want to tell you anything about their process are hiding something or don't actually have a process. They just want to tell you on it. They're selling you on the idea of doing the work they don't actually know how to do the work and so that's why i've never bothered i actually one of the videos i might even release today is uh, one of our accounting workflows because i talked about it in the last video and i drew it's just you know charts we do internally just showing it and people are like you're not worried about showing it? i'm like why same with my bidding process i actually got a, a lot of thank you letters from other msps uh or specifically in the wiring part because i did a series of videos of how we bid and price our large wiring projects and people are like wow why didn't i learn this from you know i've done this the hard way like you had mentioned and uh i in some one person admitted they're within 100 miles they said i was well you know i'm kind of in your area i'm like dude i it, seriously bid on it dude do it i'm not worried about it uh, i like hearing the success stories that people said this made it so much easier for my process made it easier for the client we won more bids awesome i like hearing the thank yous on that i'm not worried about um them do you know and i already know because uh i have a local person who's within four miles of my office and uh he comments on my videos on smile and every i'll text him so i have a cell phone number we're friends people think we're like these enemies because we're <laughs> overlapping territories i'm like oh no i'm gonna text doug was we, we went to lunch last week like he's cool <laughs> awesome is that um is that everything we're gonna wrap up I think we've got to. We're, we're 10 minutes over time. We try to keep these things to an hour. We could talk about this forever. Um, and, um, and we all love video. I think um, the biggest thing that I, I, I just want to leave everybody with in this is right now you're at a really good time of year to, to, if you do want to get that confidence in camera and just start the process in a very, very easy way, is just go and send some one-on-one some -on -one videos to your clients, even from your mobile phone or whatever, just saying, hey, just wishing you the best over the the, the festive season and the new year break, looking forward to looking after you and your team next year. That's a simple way to just start to get that process of being comfortable on camera. And I'm going to throw a challenge out to everybody watching this to go and see if you can, even if you throw it out to five of your clients, you don't have to go and do it to all of them. Just throw it out to five of your clients and just see how you feel through the process, see what responses you get. And I'm, I'm, I'd be shocked if not every one of those five reply to you and say, wow, that was cool or that was different or or at least they're going to change their perception of, of working with you because you've gone and done that little intentional bit of, of, um, of showing some appreciation to them out there. Uh, so with yes. that said, I'm going to, sorry, you go, Tom. Oh, and I'm going to shut up thing. now. <laughs> say their name. Say their name. Yes. When you do it, make personal videos. Say, hey, Merry Christmas. Nigel just thinking of you. If you make a, one video you sent to everybody, eh, yeah, cool. cool you made a video sent to everybody. But if they hear their name in it, they go, oh, oh, that you, you actually took the time to make a video for me. That, Trust me, major change in that perception you'll get all your clients. It's not that hard to do either. Just right. you'll, you'll get it in the script. Just change the name in the script. They don't have to know everyone else had their name set in it. But I'm just saying you will get a major reaction out of your clients. From it. Yeah, that's yeah, huge. Awesome. Um, Pete, handing over to you to do the wrap-up. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for joining us in this show. Thank you, Tom, for uh, making it thank at 4 a.m. in the morning. That's a <laughs> was dedication. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> don't forget to, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thetechtribe. Uh, we have a podcast. We're now on iTunes, I believe. So we should be on all the platforms. All I the platforms now. as of yesterday, I believe, we're syndicating this thing out to now. So Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts. It shows up on all of them now. 
Amazing. Thank you. And uh, that's basically it. Oh, yeah. Sign up for the Tech Tribe down below. 40% off for the first month. Grab that down below. And um, that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone. uh, Thank you. Next week. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, for dialing in. And Richard's just mentioned uh, uh, thanks for stepping in, Tom, as well in the chat. So (laughs) thank you for all of us for stepping in at 4 a.m. or whatever crazy time it is. (laughs) Oh, five now. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. We'll wrap it up with that. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Tom. And thanks, everyone else, for dialing in on the comments. We will chat to you all same time, same place next week.